You are listening to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington. Thank you, Jamesy. And Jason Bailey. Bump is uh, pretty good. But the reality is... They don't know, man! I've been looking forward to To The Top Talk. You know, I have that with myself every night. Strike first, strike hard, no mercy. Juice, baby. What's going on? What's happening? How you guys doing? Welcome to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington and Jason Bailey. I'm Jamie Arrington. This is Jason Bailey. Greetings and salutations, my brother. I kind of got the frog in my throat this week like you had last week. It is your turn. Yes. We are here with your break from all of the High Resource 5 propaganda in the mainstream sports media to talk about the University of Southern Mississippi Golden Eagles. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Hope you guys have a safe and happy Thanksgiving. An even happier one if you're heading to El Paso this weekend. Um... It was a big week last week for Southern Miss Athletics. Had a good week in football, basketball. Uh, don't forget volleyball, where we came out and defeated the Mean Green, the number one seed in the tournament. Uh, didn't go on to win the tournament, but that's still a, a great win from the, for the program. Before we get into anything, man, big show, Saturday night. I know we've talked about it every week, but this Saturday night, that's November the 24th at Brewski's in Hattiesburg, 8 p.m., $15, Mark Norman. One of the best comics in the business. Look him up. He's been on all the late night shows. He's been on, he's had an hour Comedy Central special. He's from New Orleans, coming home for the holidays. That's usually how we snag someone of his caliber. So, gonna be an amazing show in Hattiesburg. This is his third time to the Hub City, and each time it keeps getting bigger and bigger. So, it, you're gonna get stir crazy. The Golden Eagles play early in the day. There's really nothing else going on that evening. So, come out, uh, to Brewski's. Right there on 4th Street, and we'll have a great time. All right. Okay, back to the Southern Miss news for the week. Uh, before we get into that, I got something else, man. On this day, November 20th, it was a big day in Southern Miss history. The The first game that I pulled up, 2003, Southern Miss 40, number 10 TCU 28. One of the biggest and most memorable games in Southern Miss history. Everybody was at that game. And, you know, like whenever you put out one of these things, it's always interesting to uh, to see who comments on it. And the more recent the games are, the more people that played in the games uh, comment. <laughs> and it is so cool, man. Um, I, I, that's where a lot of a lot of us have, have built that have built part of our Southern Miss uh, memory around that game. And um and it's it's always fun when you put those out to, to rehash, but especially ones that that we we're involved in, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. So it was. I, and real quick, my story from the TCU game. <clears throat> Doctor Dave, who listens to the show, he and I rushed onto the field. You know, right when they told us nobody get on the field, so everybody rushed the field. Um, and <laughs> he was one of the guys hanging on the crossbar. <laughs> <laughs> When it snapped, and it landed direct, directly on his chest, which might be the reason that he became a chiropractor. I don't know. That might have been the beginning of it, <laughs> but I, I vividly remember that, and it was it was one of the bright spots of my college career for sure. I was just back from Chicago. I was on the down on the sidelines, and apparently they had a meeting, and they were trying not to get the goalpost snapped because it cost like ten thousand dollars or something. And so Giannini, Giannini, Giannini basically like thought I was the ringleader of that and I actually had nothing to do with anything <laughs> but I was down there I mean it when, when I talk about 
how loud it can get on that Southern Miss sideline, that game is a prime example. With the way the sound balances off the stadium, it, it had to be audio hell for TCU. And back then, the students were, were, would just get after the team. They'd be right there on them. And I don't know if they still do that or not. I, I assume I see some videos from here from time to time. But, man, they, the, the students, uh, Shane Light was right there. I think he was one of the guys that had beat TCU, painted DC, on his chest. TC who? TC who, that's was, right. right. Yeah. So wow, Shane, Shane was, was down there. Guys. Yeah. Uh, you know, I remember coming back from the bathroom one time. Of course, still sitting in the student section. And as I was making my way back through the tunnel, um, just as you're walking back, you heard it getting louder and louder and louder. And I remember some guy that was like the, he was a reporter. Uh, he was with the TV crew and I guess he was just filming from right. He was doing a, a live spot from inside the tunnel. I walked right by him and I remember him saying, uh, you guys don't understand how loud it is in here right now as I'm walking by. And I was like, he's right. This place is just a madhouse on a Thursday night, no less. Don't forget that. This wasn't even like a, you know, uh, an easy game to go to. Um, some people had to skip class. Uh, me. <laughs> it was great. Yeah, it was a great time. The other one out here on the timeline is 1999, number number 18 ranked Southern Miss, 30, Louisville, 27. This is the Mills Kills game, a, a mm. play that goes down in college football history infamy. Yep, and and not just to us, um, to Louisville fans too. <laughs> they, they, they even know the name of the play. Remember those guys that came and tailgated with us that time? Oh, oh yeah. The uh, Well, that year that we lost all the games. And, and for the fans that may not know exactly what we're talking about, basically what it was was we had a third down play, had an incompletion, so we're going to go for the punt. So Sean Mills, who was our wide receiver, was coming off the field, and and uh, the punter, Jamie Purser, goes onto the field, and they're lining up for the punt, and Sean Mills comes to the sideline, but he's still standing in bounds, and Coach Bauer's acting like he's talking to him. And, <clears throat> and then as soon as they snap the ball, Bauer says, go – uh, Mills heads down the field. Purser hits him with a passing stride, and he takes it down inside the Golden Eagle, uh, inside the Louisville ten yard line. Golden Eagles kick the field goal and end up winning the game. So, and that led to a conference championship. I remember welcoming the team back. I didn't go to that game because I think I went to Alabama a few weeks before that. Mm-hmm. But I remember being back at the stadium and meet, greeting the team just after they'd won the conference championship. We knew we were going to head to the Liberty Bowl in '99. Uh, that was a, another great memory, and that was another great game in Southern Miss football history. Absolutely. All right, some some scuttlebutt this week. This, this is a rumor, and I've only seen this really posted in through one of the media outlets in North Carolina. Uh, the rumor is uh, John Gilbert, the current Southern Miss athletic director, reported to be the lead candidate for the AD position at East Carolina. Now. Looking a little deeper into this, Dave Hart has been kind of, I wouldn't say an interim AD, but he's kind of been helping out with East Carolina. He was John Gilbert's boss for a long time. John Gilbert followed him from Alabama to Tennessee, so they obviously have some ties there. East Carolina, as we know, has has really, um, they've got us beaten in a major way when it comes to revenue, even though we may have taken the score on the field. But uh, so I don't know how serious this is. Is the right? I mean, anytime there's an athletic director search or a coach's search, it's really tough to take it serious until it gets to the end. Because you think about how many coaches or how many, even in the last athletic director search, the past two, we didn't know until the day of who the new athletic director was going to be. So I don't, 
I don't know how, how much to read into this. I don't know if it's going to happen or not. If it does, we'll do what we always do. If it doesn't, we'll keep on rolling like we do. If anybody knows how to handle it from a fan standpoint or a uh, department standpoint or university standpoint, uh, it's us. <laughs> how many ADs have we had in the last, let's see, in the last, let's just go 10 years. Four. We've had four? We've had four, and we've had seven all time. So we've had oh seven athletic goodness. careers all time, and we've had four since 2011. Well, you know, I like the guy. I like John. Uh, he, he's not the most, um, he's not the most, uh, I guess outgoing. He's outgoing the right word. I don't know about outgoing. He, 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 uh, he gets a lot of things done behind the scenes, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And, and, and the, the, the thing is he gets things done, you know, just because he's not out in front of it. It's just not his style. Um, so I guess finding that it doesn't have, it, it, that the story might not have legs. It, well, if you're dependent on John. <laughs> To come out and say anything about it. Uh, we all know that's not going to happen. He doesn't even say anything um, until things are done, even if it's positive for us. So um, I don't know, man. It's I guess it's not even worth really talking about uh, until something actually happens. I would be a little disappointed in John if he left after 18 months on the job. But, uh, you know, hey, this is a tough gig, man, and it's not for everybody. Um, the right guy's out there. If he's not it, I, I feel certain that we, we have too much to offer um, for, for the right person to take the job and to uh, and to take it to new levels. Much like, I mean, think about like what Toby's doing with Hattiesburg, right? You get the right person in there, um, things just just bloom overnight. So if it's John, great. If it's not, whatever. We'll find the right guy. And if it if if he moves on. The situations we have, the situations that we've had over the past, you know, seven, eight to ten years where our conference brethren have gone on to bigger and better things to we've had, you know, coaches leave. It, it all ties back to revenue and money like mm -hmm. you can blame who you want for past things, but we just haven't had the revenue and we haven't had um, the means to get things done that we need to get done. So TV market played a role. Uh, it's easy just to say, oh, well, they're just not doing their job, but man, it's all, it goes back to money and we don't have a lot of it. So as, as long as we don't have a lot of it, these are the kind of type of things we're going to have to deal with. Yeah. And, uh, I hope that everybody, well, the bad thing is everybody listening to this podcast, uh, tells the same story, <laughs> you know, uh, but they need to go tell people that don't know that, you know, we've said it a million times, like we aren't looking for the $10 million a year guy, even though that would be great. We're looking for like the $250 guy. You get 20,000 of them. We, we don't have a lot of worries. So that's like what? 15% of the population around here really shouldn't be that difficult, but that's probably an entirely different show. The Connerly trophy, they announced the nominees this week and the nominee from Southern Miss is none other than wide receiver Quez Watkins. If you would like to go and vote for Quez Watkins, they have a website. I don't really know. Um, you know, it's, it's C Spire Connerly. What C Spire Connerly? C Spire Connerly dot HS campaigns dot com. I'm sure they have a shorter name than that. I'm just looking at the website itself. So if you want to go vote for him, you can do that there. Um, I don't know. They should be announcing, uh, probably next week, I'd imagine after the regular season. So we'll see. Best of luck to Quez in, in that pursuit. Certainly is, is very deserving. Um, we've mentioned it the past few weeks on the show, Patreon. That's our new website, patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E 
N.com slash to the top talk. If you want to financially support the show, if you want to sponsor the show, if you want to run advertising on the show, it's a great way to do that. So be sure you check that out. If you have any questions, shoot us a DM, shoot us a PM, and, and we'll get you going. All right. So big game this past weekend, Southern Miss taking on Louisiana Tech. It was blackout. It was the blackout game. It was senior day at the rock. It was uh it was really an amazing atmosphere and we had a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun the whole game before the game tailgating. We had a lot of guests. My a lot of my family came down, my little brother came down, and then you had guys like Car Shannon, Marshant Kenny, Collins Hess come by. Then we have of course Steve and Tabby came by, uh and Ryan Warsham. Good to meet that guy. So man, what an amazing day on campus. The weather couldn't have been any nicer. It was just, it was, it was a, it was a, if you're going to pick how you want a Southern Miss game day to go, this would have been it. Yep. I wish there was about 10,000 more of us in the stadium, but I tell you what, well, yeah, first of all, back to who came by the tailgate, how lucky are we? Oh, it was, it was <laughs> that, awesome, man. That like people like Merchant, Kenny and Carr and, and Collins, um, want to come, <laughs> they would actually like to come hang out with us. Um, that is that's just super cool, man. And that picture we got with them, uh, that's going on the fridge, my man. But uh, but yeah, it's, I had a good feeling the whole day. We were talking about it. Me and Steve were talking about it before the game. Uh, Smitty stopped by, and uh, we all, which we're as positive as you can be. But if I don't have a good feeling, I'll tell you. You know, um, same with everybody else. And and we all just kind of maybe it's because we just usually beat Louisiana Tech, but. Uh, I don't know. I had no reason to have that high of hopes, and I really just thought we were going to win it. And the day was perfect, like you said. And the people that were at the game, I mean, stand up and take a bow because that's what The Rock is like uh, on a game day. And, and um, the, you know, on third downs, I looked around as I was trying to pump them up. I saw you trying to pump people up, and I looked around, and everybody's standing up. <laughs> Yeah, you know, which, was, which is how it should be, but it's, but it's not always. Um, so I think that, uh, yeah, they're into it the whole time and, and they definitely affected the outcome. And that's how it's supposed to be, at the, you know, for a home game at the uh, at the Rock. So the first I won't say surprise, but uh, the first thing to report first offensive snap of the game you got two quarterbacks on the field jack abraham and tate whiteley so uh, jack abraham took the majority of the snaps tate whiteley kind of in a a take some hill type of role at times um bringing him in uh you know he had a couple of completions he had a couple of really solid runs uh jack very precise on the day 24 for 29 for 195 yards and a touchdown but also had a fumble where he, he uh ran into drake dorbeck uh, rushing the ball, not not our best day running the ball, 54 total yards. But that being said, we had a, a couple of a great runs from Darius Mayberry to start the game. He uh, two carries for 18 yards with a nine-yard average before he got banged up. And then Steven Anderson, really the story of the game, two touchdowns on the day, and he was able to keep the ball moving in some pretty critical situations, so he's starting to find his way. Another player on offense that really stood out, Quez Watkins, nine receptions, 110 yards. Uh, with a long of 28. So, uh, a, I would say a great offensive outing, but it worked. We got it. As long as you get more points than the other team, it works. Defense played their tails off, but, uh, the offense did just enough to win. A couple takeaways that I had. 
I thought Jack uh, got some confidence back um, before he got hurt. You know, there there were he just he looked you know a little unsure um, sometimes, and uh, and it was nice to see him back because when Jack when Jack is on, Jack is Jack is good. He throws a super catchable ball. Um, I, I think he has good timing with his receivers, and there's no doubt when Jack is on, um, he's the better runner of the offense or not runner he's not a he's the, like the better field general maestro. yes maestro field general whatever it is um but you know you can't deny that tate i, I think is just i mean just quarterback wide receiver whatever just position aside i think he's just one of our better football players on the team so i i, I think he deserves some snaps uh you know, maybe just not the pure passer like Jack is, but I mean, it's a good thing to have when you when you can have more good players to put on the football field. That that's cool. So um, so yeah, I I mean, if and and at this point, you know, we talked about it last week where who would we better play and like, like one of the reasons what that we wanted Jack was, I mean, outside of of his ability, one of the reasons was we were going to be able to redshirt Tate. Um, cause this was his fifth game of action. Well, now that that's gone, um, I, you know, I, I really hope that he sees more action, <laughs> you know, uh, in in the same manner in which it was last game. I don't think that we win that game without both quarterbacks. I think it took both quarterbacks to win that game. And, you know, the way the defenses have to prepare for both quarterbacks and what they're both able to do. Like I said, I don't think we win it without both quarterbacks, and I don't see any reason why we didn't have we don't have some kind of a rotation moving forward with both of them. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more, man. That Taysom Hill thing you said earlier, it's really spot on, and it's kind of weird because in the early in the year we we're kind of comparing Jack to Drew. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know if we're just like really way too close to the Saints, um, but you know, if, if there's an offense that you gotta that you you know want to try to emulate. That's not a bad one to do. Um, so we could use Cameron Tom back though. If we could, they could send us Cameron ooh, Tom back. That would be nice. And we and we got some guys that might turn into a Cam Tom. You don't know, but I'll tell you what. Another nice thing to see uh, from our you mentioned Quiz, but you know we talked about Neil McLaurin before. Oh yeah, and, and he just absolutely posterized him, dude. I don't know if you can you posterize in football like you can in basketball. He did it. If that's a if that's a poster, I'm gonna buy that poster. Um, it's you know he he's he's been that guy that we've, you do he's just kind of looked the part since he stepped on campus, and we were just wondering like what what why why is this guy not out there? Um, and, and part of it was you know people like Jalen and people like Quez and people like Tim um, that are out there and and they're really good too. But I think you you, you finally see what he's able to do. He caught that pass and. Uh, it looked like me running over a YMCA player or something, you know. It was, <laughs> and then just kept on going, then outran people, and then muscled his way into the end zone. It was it was incredible. So it was a 49 yard uh, reception across the middle. Uh, you know, he catches it. The defender just, I mean, no shot. Just it was like Teflon. He just went slid right <laughs> off of him, and then McLaurin took it right in the end zone. So you got like a flash. You had to see a taste of what Neil McLaurin um, should hopefully be able to do in the future. And I, I wonder at some point if they're going to use him in, in some other ways. Um, you know, I know he had, he had practiced some out of the Wildcat. So, well, you know, you remember, uh, you remember the, the uh, interview that we had with with Dominique Sullivan, with Coach Sullivan, uh, when he coached him at Southwest. 
he mentioned what a great athlete he was. He mentioned that he right now he can do like a double windmill dunk or whatever in the gym, and he can throw the ball 70 yards in the air. And So, you know, he's a heck of a – and you see how strong he is. So let, let's hope that maybe that kind of like just – uh you know, opened him up for, for even more this year. Maybe he showed him, maybe he showed himself that he could really do it. And, um, and that gives him a little bit of confidence moving forward. So a great win for the Golden Eagles. And, and usually we don't really talk trash. I mean, I like talking trash. I, I, I just have fun with it. But usually we don't really say anything, but I noticed a lot of chatter from Louisiana Tech fans. So I just was like, Oh, after this game's over, I mean, it's all in. Um, and so I, I found our good friend Smitty assisted us with this, but I found a, a picture of Carl Malone crying and I was like, can you make this a PNG with like a clear <laughs> background? And then we took like the Louisiana Tech's game photo and stuck Malone's, uh, crying face over it, kind of like the old crying Jordan. And, uh, it got some run on social media, but that was kind of funny, but I usually pull for tech when they don't play us. Um, you know, depending on how the conference is, but just, you know, we have a little fun. I'm sure it'll come back to bite us in the butt at some point. Yeah, I, I I feel the same way. I'm not really positive how we keep beating Tech. Uh, a few of the times, like we, I mean, I, we, I thought we were definitely, um, you know, not the better team. And for just for whatever reason, like you said, I, I pull for him every time I watch him on TV. It's kind of hilarious that we keep winning, and it can't go on forever. But uh, <laughs> it sure is nice right now. Well, our next game's coming up this Saturday at 2 p.m. That Saturday, November the 24th. 2 p.m. Southern Miss, five and five on the year, four and three in Conference USA, taking on the UTEP Miners, one and ten overall, one and six in Conference USA. That game will be televised on ESPN Plus. You will need an ESPN Plus subscription to view this game uh, on the app, on the web, on the website. Right now, Southern Miss a 13 point favorite. So, but this is a team that we should win this game, but. UTEP has been pretty sneaky. And, I mean, there's a couple of times this year where you thought, oh, well, they almost could have had that one. Whether it was a, I think they gave Louisiana Tech fits, you know. So this is not a, I'm not going to say this is a pushover. A 13 points favorite, I think, is warranted at this point. But it wouldn't shock me if, if UTEP just came out and gave us fits. Yeah, you know, I saw that they had uh, one of the plays of the week on a Conference USA, uh, I think it was a Conference USA website or uh, Twitter feed that top five plays. And they have one of the guys, uh, I think it was number 15 or tight end that, uh, that caught a pass, shucked a guy off and ran like 70 yards for a touchdown. And I'll tell you the, the, the biggest thing that worries me about this game is that it's at UTEP. You know, that is far. That's really far. Uh, and, and, and that makes a difference, man. I swear it does. Um, I don't feel the same after I get up, like say we go on a family vacation and I drive like seven or eight hours and we get out. I don't feel great right away, you know? Um, so this is, uh, that's, that's one of the biggest things, but, but on paper, it, you know, we should have no problems. And, and I, I, you know, I have the stats in front of me, but traditionally or his, traditionally, historically, we've done well there in their stadium. So you, you have to think and the guys seemed motivated the other day. You could kind of tell with going through Eagle Walk that, you know, especially the seniors really wanted this game. And you got to think that they're going to be just as focused this week. I mean, you got to win this game. There's no there's no uh, this is it. 
if you don't win this game, your season's your career is over. So hopefully that they'll keep that focus this week and pull it out. A couple of little stats here uh, in regards to the minors. They are putting up 18 points per game, giving up 32.2 points per game. Total yards are getting 318.6. That's 190 through the air, 128 on the ground. Then allow, yards allowed, they're giving up 396 per game, 205 of those through the air, and 190 of those to the ground. So maybe this is the week where we really get that rushing attack going. You know, another thing to not look past, and it does mean something, is that it's senior day. And, you know, as bad as their, se- as their season is gone, <clears throat> I know that there's going to be a lot of guys, if this is the last time they're ever going to play a football game. And, you know, the underclassmen don't want to, don't want to let their seniors go out like that either. So that's another thing that could play into their favor. Um, all that being said, I mean, I, I, I would, it would completely shock me if we didn't win this game. Honestly, I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to go down to the casino and get down with it, but, uh, it would, it would completely shock me. As it would a lot, as it should, <laughs> as it should be. And, but you know, ULM shocked me points. pretty good. <laughs> they did. They, they, that's fair. Very fair. Very fair. And but we should have won that game. Hey, look. I, and as far as that goes, not to talk, not to just reiterate what Jay says. But think about this season, man. I, I was thinking about it before we got on, and just what all we've been through. Like, he, you know, he talks about the season as a journey, and you know, all these cliches that he throws in and out that fake Jay has a lot of uh, fun with. But he's right, man. I mean, from the very beginning of the year, we had, you know, we, we, you know, with the whole thing with Griggs, right? Or if you, if you want to start, you know, with when Keon left, and then under what happened with Griggs, and then, you know, is he going to? Is he not going to? I guess Jack's our guy. Jack got hurt. We had a few players transfer. <laughs> We've used one million different combos on the offensive line. Um, and here we are at the end, and we might have figured out how to win these close games. So I don't know. It just seems to me like the beginning of this particular season was eons ago, and this team right now would beat that team that beat Jackson State by thirty points. And this is, you know, some of the teams, some of the younger teams we've had in the past that grew up. You know, you kind of some got better, and then they come back the next season. They're even even better than before. So I think that's what a lot of people are anticipating, and hopefully they can get it together, uh, especially up front, because I think that is where. The, the future of Southern Miss, win or lose, is going to come up front on the offensive line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, and the future, either immediate or foreseeable, honestly, is is pretty bright for this uh, Golden Eagle team. All right, so bowl projection. So if we win this week, we will be bowl eligible with six wins on the season. Uh, whether or not we actually get a bowl at this point is kind of up in the air. It depends on you know several different factors at play. It looks like there's going to be enough bowl-eligible teams this season, so we really won't know how things are going to shape out until the weekend, obviously. But several of the projections were, projections were interesting. Um, you know, I saw us projected to New Orleans, which you got to think at this point, it really depends on where UAB wants to go. If they want to go to New Orleans or if they want to go to uh, in, uh, the Independence Bowl, uh, I think that's where things are going to start and, and, and start shaking up. But there were some projections that had us playing Memphis and Birmingham which would be very intriguing, very interesting. That's a game we can go that we can drive to and uh, against an old rival. Um, you know, then there's like the New Mexico Bowl and and the Cure Bowl. 
So, I mean, at this point, I'll just be happy to play in a bowl and keep that bowl streak going and keep that winning season streak going. But we probably won't know anything until until the bowl games are actually announced. Boy, that one in Memphis, though. I mean, first things first, we have to win in El Paso, right? Absolutely. Um, but once that, once we, you know, clear that hurdle, yeah, I, I, the the most intriguing one to me would be playing Memphis and Birmingham. And coincidentally, of course, you know, when people leave Conference USA, even though we handled them for a better part of forever, I was looking at a Memphis uh, site and. Uh, you know, a lot of people were saying, I'm not going to that dump unless we're playing an SEC team. Of course, talking about Legion Field. Um, uh, why would we want to play Sutter Miss anymore? And I, you know, all this. And I'm like, you know what? I think we do need to go to the Munsley Bowl. There you go. And just spank them one more time. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not opposed to that. And we had a pretty, I think the, when we were there last time, we played what Cincinnati. I mean, Cincinnati mm-hmm. was a pretty stout team that game. It was Bowers' last game, but I thought we played pretty well. And I, and we brought a pretty nice contingency as well. So I think that that, uh, yeah, I think for sure that that would be a great, a great. And that's a bowl that we're not going to have access to every year. So it's not going to be anything. It's kind of like Independence last year. It's like we don't go to this bowl very often. You know, I, I think that makes it even more intriguing is, is the bowl that's local that we can drive to and not one we're going to get. And some fans get, I love, I would play New Orleans every year. I bet I know some fans get worn out with that. I'm with you. I, uh, I'd take it. Um, but you know, and, and what New Orleans is, I mean, hour and 45 minutes. Birmingham's what, like three hours. So it's kind of the same. And that matchup with Memphis would, would this particular year, I, I, you know, if we got to choose, which we're not going to get to choose, but if it comes down to it, I think both bowls want us. I think both bowls would want us to come. And, and I think that, uh, Southern Miss fans want to go to both of them. So I, I, if I had a vote, I would vote Birmingham based on if we were playing Memphis. If not, uh, let's go to New Orleans. We'll see what happens. Hopefully we'll have this conversation again next week and let's right. not go to the bahamas as awesome as that would be uh daddy can't do it so well i mean as long as we're i mean i'm fine with the Bahamas. If, as long as we're going if we're gonna if we're gonna have to go to the bahamas at some point let's just get it out of the way this year mm-hmm. you know and, and it'll be awesome for the kids you know yeah, for the fans new orleans birmingham yay uh for the for the for the players if like if i was a player i'd say uh i can go to new orleans anytime um let me go put my toes in the sand <laughs> right so, right you know, but but I'm with you, man. Anybody at this point, after these disappointing losses, if we can, you know, turn it around, we beat Marshall like we did. We beat you. We beat uh, La Tech. Finish off the year on the road at El Paso. Um, I mean, like you said, you know, season is a journey, and and that would be a fitting end to this particular season, I think. Well, let's talk a little Southern Miss basketball. The Golden Eagles. Off to a pretty stout start this year. Uh, last week they uh, we talked about SMU. So let's talk about Troy. Golden Eagles took on the Troy Trojans last Thursday night, coming away with an 81 to 66 victory over the Trojans. Cortez Edwards led the way, 26 points, 11 for 16 shooting from the floor. So Cortez, your boy Cortez, coming out. Showing out, had a great game, pretty much dominated Troy from the outset, and uh, 
able to, to get the Golden Eagles their third victory on the year. It's nice to see. I, I don't know a whole lot about Troy, but, you know, we do have some personnel um, currently at Troy, and, and it was it was, it was nice to, to kind of, you know, win it uh, with those guys in attendance. <clears throat> and, um, you know, I know we're going to get to what happened to, in today's game, but you, you would like to think that we would see a lot more of that uh, – Moving forward with this year's squad that uh, that that Doc's got, <clears throat> because we've got the players, and um, it remains to be seen on whether or not we're going to live up to expectations. But through that game, we were. So the Golden Eagles competed today in the Cancun. What is it? The Cancun Classic. Cancun Challenge, the Cancun Challenge. So they they spent yesterday in Cancun, Mexico, out by the beach, out by the pool, had a little bit of a hangover today apparently, and could not get it going. Came out ice cold against the North Florida Ospreys, falling 64-48, to and that score is a little closer than it was for the majority of the game. Uh, you know, it's kind of one of those things, what do you do? We had... Two two Golden Eagles in double figures. Didn't even break 50 in this game. Had a lot of turnovers. Had a lot of just sloppy play. We we, we did fight back in the second half. We did. I think we were down 21 at the half. Got it back to seven. But just could not close it out. So hopefully this is an anomaly. You're going to have these games every year. So whether or not it's an anomaly or whether or not it's a sign of things to come remains to be seen. I agree. Um, Doc's team's. For better or worse, uh, they have a habit, honestly, of these slow starts. The last, I mean, ever since Doc's been here. And um doesn't happen all the time. But um, when it does happen, it seems to cost us the game nearly every time. We, USM never led one time in this game. And I know that um, North Florida is is a nice team. I think they play in the same conference with Florida Gulf Coast, who went on that run in the tournament a few years ago. Uh, so it's not like it was an automatic win, especially for us right now. But, um, I mean, you you probably said it right. I mean, it could be the anomaly. I mean, hey, we weren't going to go undefeated this year, right? I don't think anybody thought we were going to go undefeated. It really sucks losing to somebody called the Ospreys. But, um, I honestly, moving forward this year, I would expect more – of what happened in that SMU and Troy game than what happened today. And because what happened today, um, it, it probably wasn't just limited to only today, but I do think that it's, it's going to be few and far between. And with the amount of players that we have that can put the ball in the hole, even some of the younger guys like Gabe Watson, uh, you know, I, I don't think there's going to be many games that we just – can't figure it out, right? I'm not saying we're always going to win it, but today we just never got anything figured out. I know we, we clawed back and got to within seven at one point, um, but uh, like everybody was off. And that's going to be kind of hard for everybody to be off a lot. So, you know, it happened. Uh, got to go out tomorrow and get that split and uh, and then get back and beat Kerry on Sunday. We play Kerry on Sunday. That's correct. So we've got so, so tomorrow. That's Wednesday, November twenty first at eleven thirty a.m. Golden Eagles taking on Western Carolina in the consolation bracket. Then on Sunday 
at 2 p.m. That's November the 25th, taking on William Carey at Reed Green Coliseum. Then on Wednesday, so we'll have another show between now and next Wednesday, but November the 28th, Golden Eagles taking on South Alabama at Reed Green Coliseum. That's a 7 p.m. tip-off. Do you know who is an assistant coach at South Alabama now? You told me the other day. Why don't you let the listeners know? Adam. God, Howard. Adam, Adam Howard, yeah. Adam <laughs> Howard. Like, were you waiting on me to do the Howard part? Yeah, I was like, it, I just had a brain fart. But Adam Howard, who was the an assistant coach under Donnie Tindall, and uh, was at Troy last year, and um, had a, a lot to say during the whole fiat, probation fiasco a couple of years ago. So he is now at South Alabama with the Jaguars. So then after that, we've got Rust, Millsaps, and then on December 15th, we have Wichita State. So hopefully we can get through this next run scot-free and, and, and let's see what we got against Wichita State. Yeah. And, and look, this team still, for, for those that hadn't got out and watched them, um, we do share the ball an awful lot. Uh, but we kind of depend on fast break back. Like the strength of our team is our speed and our athleticism. And, uh, and that lends itself to a lot of fast break buckets. Um, today, you know, I hope it's not a sign of things to come, but today, North Florida, just completely stopped that, right? No one said that two, three. It, it sounded like we were playing a Donnie Tindall team with this two, three matchup zone. And, uh, and, and, you know, Tindall kind of, you know, really stymied a lot of offenses that wanted to run. So let's hope that that's not a, a, a you know, of things to come. But, um, but, but also, we also take a lot of threes. When you take a lot of threes and miss a lot of threes, you're going to get beat. <laughs> and when you get beat, when you take a lot of threes, uh, you usually get beat by a lot. So, um, I, you know, I, I wouldn't let it worry that much yet. Yeah, we just got to – we got to beat William Carey. <laughs> if we don't do that, I'm out. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I'm just – I know like it was a couple years ago that I actually reached my tipping point. Maybe it was last year. But I still go. But after that, I, you know, I, I just, yeah, I don't even want to think about that. Well, let's shut it down, man. So we got a big, big, big weekend ahead with the Golden Eagles. This is our basketball, football. I got the big comedy show. Be sure you follow us on social media on Twitter at to the top talk. You can follow me at Jamie underscore Arrington, Jason at bumper J Bailey, Facebook as well. Instagram, we got a great thing going at to the top talk. Like I said, upcoming comedy show Saturday night. Mark Norman at Brewski's. We're going to be there having a great time. You may have seen him on the Tonight Show, Colbert, Conan, Comedy Central. It's going to start at 8 p.m. Tickets are $15. This is guy, this guy is, is a rising star, one of the best in the biz. Uh, and I call him a local guy. He's from New Orleans. And, uh, killed it last time he was here, too. Killed it. One of my favorites. Mm-hmm. There's a, and there's, is this going to be a Brewski's or a Hippo? It's going to be a Brewski's. Okay. Okay. It's going to be a Brewski's. All right, Jason. So, Happy Thanksgiving, brother. You have any any final thoughts for the to the top talk listeners? No, man. Everybody have a happy Thanksgiving. Let's go beat UTEP this week, and let's uh, hope and pray that we get that Memphis, I mean, that uh, Birmingham Bowl, and just wax that ass one more time. Hey, how about that to the top talk yard sign the other day at the tailgate? I thought it was hey, pretty hey. sweet. I liked it, man. I liked it a lot. It only took us like three years. Yeah, well, to quote. To quote uh, my good friend Killer Bees, save up.
<laughs> That's right. All right, guys. Hope you enjoyed it. And as always, Southern Miss to the top. Yeah.